0: Welcome to this energy intelligence podcast. My name is Oliver Klaus. I'm the Dubai bureau chief and with me is our deputy bureau chief in Dubai, Amina Abakur. And today we will be talking about the dismissal of Khalid al-Falah as Saudi energy minister and the appointment of Prince Abdul Aziz bin Salman uh, in this position. Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman is a son of King Salman. He's also an older half-brother of Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince. Um, and uh, the first question, Amina, I want to ask you about these changes. How much of a surprise or how much of a shock was the dismissal of uh, Khalid al Falah in particular, which happened by royal order on Sunday? and uh, and the subsequent appointment of the king's son into that position.
1: Thank you, Oliver. I think the news came to quite... I mean, it was quite a shock for people looking from the outside. Um, But for uh, people that were inside Saudi Arabia, especially those working at the energy industry or in the energy ministry in particular, they kind of saw this coming and uh, it shouldn't really come to a surprise to us because the previous week we saw that some of Khalid al-Falah's powers were being uh, dismantled. We saw a decision to take industry or split the energy ministry from industry and create a new uh, ministry for industry, appointing a new minister, and then a few days later we also saw Khalid al-Falah being uh, taken off the Aramco board as chairman and being replaced with the PIF uh, head, Yasser Rumayan. Mm. And the day following that, it was a Monday on a cabinet meeting, Khaldul Falah's place on the board was also replaced. Uh, with the transport minister. So seeing it happen a little bit in slow motion and seeing his uh, titles being taken away one by one uh, shouldn't be a huge surprise for us that Khaled al-Falak was going to be replaced as energy minister. Mm.
0: So uh, one could almost expect this was going to happen. Certainly um, uh, uh, the ministry split and the uh, removal from the, from the board position seemed like... Uh, you know, pretty pretty major erosion of power, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And for a
1: man like Khalil Falah, you know that he managed this super ministry and this huge portfolio. For him to get used to managing and having so many hats, and yeah. suddenly this being taken away from him, um, it was difficult.
0: Quite quite a shock for, uh, I guess, a lot of people in the market too. I mean, he was highly regarded, uh, and you know, just going back to the ministry. I mean, the super energy ministry it accounted for more than 50% of the Saudi economic output, right, as I understand it. So a really, really important role, probably also in some way too much to 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 handle for just one person in a way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, so what we say, I mean, how significant is this change and uh, what does it mean for Saudi Arabia's oil policy, in particular given the uh, importance of the OPEC-non-OPEC partnership?
1: Well, we've heard today from uh, Prince Abdulaziz himself, and in addition to his advisors that uh, spoke to us that this does not mean any change to oil policy. Saudi Arabia will continue its commitment to the OPEC deals, which means the current uh, cut level, and it will continue uh, to uh, cut Uh, at its quota or under its quota. Uh, So I don't see any significant change in uh, in the direction. Uh, The state and the leadership is very uh, much supportive of higher oil prices, so they will continue their policy of cutting. So there's no change there.
0: And expect more market management, basically. Uh,
1: expect more market management, but let's not use that word because Prince Abdulaziz today uh, <laughs> clearly corrected me. I said market management, and he said, no, we're seeking market balance. And here we see the finesse between the differences between Al-Falah, who wanted to be in the driver's seat, manage the market, and Prince Abdulaziz, who's more diplomatic, and he phrased it as more of a balancing mm. act.
0: He's more of a diplomat. Is it going to be helpful in maintaining the close relationship with Russia because Khaled Alfalo had very good relations with Novak as we understand it and, and, and as we've seen, um, you know, do you think do you expect him to be able to maintain that? Uh, uh, any reason, why not?
1: I expect relations to be good. Uh, I mean, the relationships really stem from the leadership's relationship with uh, with President Putin. Um, Mohammed bin Salman and Putin have a very close ties, and uh, they both agreed that this OPEC deal is strategic for both countries. So I don't see uh, Prince Abdulaziz uh, not continuing that effort. And. Uh, we we heard uh, this week, for example, he's just going back now to Riyadh to meet with Novak in preparations mm. for Putin's visit to Riyadh in October. So we see that relationship continuing.
0: Mm. Now this um, appointment of Prince Abdulaziz is also important because it's actually the first time that a royal has been appointed to that position. Uh, he's widely considered to be a technocrat. Um, but he hasn't gone or risen through the ranks of Saudi Aramco, for example. He has decades of experience in the energy ministry, though. But the fact that he comes from, from this royal background, that he's uh, you know, the, the half-brother of, of the crown prince, the king's son, does that, would you say that makes any difference uh, um, to the way he will be operating?
1: I don't think it will, Oliver. I mean, you've mentioned that uh, he was at the energy ministry for decades and he learned from several technocrats. He's a technocrat at heart. Um, and in terms of being having a royal title, I mean, that is something that uh, he, he was born with and he will, I mean, continue. And his whole idea right now, I believe, is, is serving the kingdom, serving his father, who is the king, um, of course, he will follow policy dictated by them, but he will also uh, balance that out with uh, rational objective uh, thinking, which he has learned and experienced throughout the years from uh, technocrats that he 's worked with mm,
0: mm. we We mentioned earlier that this whole um, this whole change came uh, you know maybe not completely unexpectedly, but still. Yeah, it was still sort of a shock and uh, in some ways a surprise. But, you know, what do we know? What can you say about how the whole decision uh, uh, came actually about? And uh, and ultimately, I mean, why was it made?
1: There's a lot of speculation around the issue. I mean, uh, the, the entire... Uh, Saudi, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is talking about this right now. Um, and what really stands out is Khaled al-Falih's uh, personality. Um, he was... Uh, Some would say a little bit more aggressive than the usual technocrat in that position. He pushed for many things. He was very ambitious. He perhaps set targets that he couldn't achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, So internally, it's being explained that especially for the industrial sector, Khaled al-Falah set a number of goals that he was not able to meet. And therefore, the leadership evaluated him on that. Now, more informally, people are saying perhaps his relationships with powerful people inside the cabinet and the leadership uh, were impacted by his personality of being in the limelight uh, for, uh, for, for too long uh, and having this kind of power. Uh, so that might have affected relations and led to his uh, premature uh, dismissal.
0: Mm. I mean, he had a really high profile, didn't he? Uh, he and he was considered to be a man to be called upon during times of uh, emergencies. He, he took on the health ministry role for a while. He sorted um, that, that he was tasked with sorting out the health ministry, right, and addressing uh, issues yeah, related right. to that. Then um, he was the one person last year at the Future Investment. Initiative talking about uh, the uh, Jamal Khashoggi uh, a case. So he um, he was very high profile, and so you think that may. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, everybody well. would
1: say like if there was a prime minister role in Saudi Arabia, Khalid al-Falak would fit the bill. He was a diplomat. He would get into um, other uh, areas where, as you mentioned, the Kemal Khashoggi case, he was the first one to come out and say this was a murder, and he would uh, defend uh, the kingdom's uh, leadership against this uh, this crime. So he he took on a much bigger role, and he had credibility not just within the energy industry but the international uh, media and an international audience. Mm.
0: In terms of management style, I mean you mentioned Khalid uh, al khalafs style, um, but in terms of Prince Abdulaziz's own style, what you know, what do you think uh, uh, we should expect? You, I mean, you mentioned he's uh, considered to be a diplomat, but anything else we can say and. Um, and also, I mean, unlike his predecessors, he won't really have any say in Aramco's business affairs right now. That uh, he, as energy minister, won't um, be a board member or heading the board of Saudi Aramco. What I mean, what can we expect on both those fronts?
1: Well, on the management front, uh, Prince Abdulaziz. Uh, doesn't like bluffing the market this is something that he's very clear about he doesn't like sending out messages uh, in terms of uh, saying that the kingdom will uh, for example cut production further without having an actual plan behind that he is not uh, pro messaging something that he cannot deliver he's a man of his word and um, he's he's against tricking or, or bluffing the market, that's, uh, that's one clear difference between uh, the two. Um, and you mentioned Aramco being separated from the ministry, uh, this is the first time that this happens. Usually uh, there's a very, very close link between the energy ministry and, uh, and Aramco. Uh, both Naimi and al Faleh were were chairman uh, of Aramco and uh, energy ministers. Uh, so, we're yet to see how this impacts for now. They're saying that there's clear communication between the Ministry and Aramco, and Aramco will follow the, uh, the cuts, so there is no change in policy. Uh, but at the same time, the leadership is very keen on separating Aramco from the state on a longer term mm. because of these, the ambitions to list the company. And they say Aramco should um, look after its uh, its commercial interests. And perhaps its commercial interests won't match those of the state in the future. And this is just an evolution. We're seeing a small part of it happen now. And in the future, uh, it might take a different shape.
0: So, I mean, with um, Abdul Aziz... Energy minister, but not being uh, a member of the Aramco board or heading the board anymore, Uh, and and you mentioned the um, you know the sort of split at least on paper between the two. Um, I mean, should we? This is sort of a disconnect, I guess. um, You know, that didn't exist uh, uh, for a very long time. How much of a concern is it is it for the market? You think that you have the OPEC or the energy minister basically managing and, and heading up the OPEC affairs, but having no say um, or no involvement really at all in, in Aramco, I mean this is a real kind of disconnect, is that a concern in the sense that Aramco, especially now that it's becoming more commercial, uh, might just be turning around and say, I, you know, um, we, don't, we don't think we want to pump that little, we, we want to pump a little more, do you think there could be an issue there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a concern that's being uh, raised inside the OPEC secretariat and among uh, many of the OPEC states. Saudi Arabia is leading this OPEC deal, so any uh, cutback or uh, uh, lax uh, implementation of its cuts will impact the entire group. So um, for the time being, the objective is to raise oil prices. Aramco, the states and the energy ministry are all aligned. So there is this kind of reassurance that they're giving the market that this will not happen uh, at this point. Uh, but in, at some point in the future, if Aramco wants to, as you mentioned, produce a little more for commercial reasons, it, uh, it, it might be the case because there is this, that, that disconnect Um, I don't know how it's it's going to be managed internally. Uh The communications is not clear. We need to see how it uh, plays out. But uh, we also know, I mean, very, very similar to uh, King Salman, Prince Abdulaziz has very good relations with everyone. And he's been in the industry for a very long time. His father was governor of Riyadh and he had good relations with families and tribes and officials. Um, so this was his role as governor in Riyadh. And uh, when he was uh, appointed, uh, when he was named king, uh, he kind of used those relationships. And it's the same with Prince Abdulaziz. He managed to cultivate a lot of good relationships around him, which would help him in the communication, especially with, uh, with Aramqa.
0: Okay, so... Um that's been really interesting. Obviously, uh, major uh, changes taking place in Saudi Arabia's energy sector. Um, thank you, Amina, for uh, sharing your thoughts on this. I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk more about this uh, later this week. Um, but for the time being, thanks. And uh, we'll hear more from you again soon. Thanks. thanks.
1: Thanks for listening to the Energy Intelligence Podcast. Please check back with us soon for our latest content, which you can find at energyintel.com.